Archetypal Tarot Podcast explores universal human patterns, called archetypes, by investigating the major arcana of the ancient tarot. We recognize these archetypes because they are present in our own life stories, myths, and culture. Each card represents a stage of the journey for understanding the greater story of our lives. Welcome to a special edition of the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. We've had many requests from people wanting to know more about who we are and what we do, so we've created this two-part series on just that. I sat down with my co-host, Sundara Quackenbush, for an informal interview to share more about her background and unique approach to the tarot and beyond. Look for part two of the series coming soon. So, Sundara, now that you're on the hot seat... I think it would be really fun to hear more about what your what is your background. We've been talking about tarot and archetypes and mythology. So, do you mind sharing a little bit more about what your background is? Yes, sure. I uh, hail from Joshua Tree, California, which is a small desert town, and I think that's influenced me a lot. Just it's nature and being out in the desert, being out in a rural part, and the sort of arts and mysticism that blankets that area has influenced me a lot and my move up to San Francisco. So mentioning where I'm from, I think, really roots itself in my background. Mm -hmm. Um, From the desert and after studying creative writing at San Francisco State University, I went to the school that I had been wanting to go to ever since the desert, which was Pacifica Graduate Institute. It's a fabulous school. Oh, I just... Loved that school, and it completely changed my life. Uh, And their motto is, for the sake of tending the soul of the world. Mm. And this really, really spoke to me. Um, So I was drawn to the school, which houses Joseph Campbell's library. And in the first week of going there, I was able to take a workshop with and meet uh, Michael Mead. I was also able to experience lectures by James Hillman and Mm. breakfast with him. And I was totally influenced by him. He totally changed my opinion of psychology, which Mm -hmm. was what my degree was in, Mm -hmm. in counseling psychology. Uh, So after getting a master's there, I just was really interested in, you know, what sort of practice could I have? Because I wasn't totally sure about being a traditional therapist, but I was really interested in working with people, working with potential, working with the imagination. Mm -hmm. So that's when I formed my practice called Tarot Dreamstone. It's true, and you have three distinct practices, and we talk about the tarot in this podcast, obviously, and mm-hmm. that is one of your one of your practices, and it's a little bit different. It's, it's unique. It's not like sitting down with someone getting a reading. Um, it's different. It has a lot to do with your, your um, counseling psychology background. It does. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, I like to call it projective tarot, uh, and so this projective method works with your own inherent inner wisdom. So I like to see my practice like salt. I'm drawing out the wisdom that you already have. Mm -hmm. It's not about laying out the cards and I say, this is you and this is what's going to happen to you and this is your past. I don't do actually a lot of the talking and telling. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm more of a facilitator and a holder of place and a holder of space that can help you 
by looking at the images, allow your creative right-brained mind to communicate to the, the part that dominates most of us when we speak or write or live a lot these days, which is that logical left side. And all of this creative information can um, inform the other side of the brain um, through this projection exercise with the tarot. So, yeah, I, I love doing And I've never had a dull or boring or uninformative reading. They're always very interesting and open up a, a new world into the imagination. And I can attest to that as well, as I've been uh, lucky enough to have um, done the process with you a number of times. And um, tell us a little, just a little bit more detail about what it would look like for someone um, coming to you, like kind of just give us a little, the basic steps of what that looks like. So sure. people can get an idea of how different and interesting it is. Absolutely. So what I always say is, uh, half the battle is just figuring out the wording of the question that you're wondering about in your life. Now, usually when people see me, there's lots of stuff going on. So to be able to clarify and write down the specific wording to that question is, already helps you to become halfway there because you become clear on what your question is that you're seeking answers to. Mm -hmm. So I work a lot just in the beginning, just talking out the life situation and seeing, okay, so, so what is this essential core question that we're wanting to, to learn about? And it's usually an open-ended question. What can you tell me about my relationships at this moment? What can you tell me about my career? Um, and from there, I have the person hold this question uh, as acutely as possible in their mind as they shuffle the cards uh, and I dictate to them different places to place the cards face down and then once we have the placement of the cards we flip over the cards and we catch first reactions, intuitions, feelings that emerge from their interaction with the cards and usually from that process a story emerges or the person is able to see the connections between the cards in this amazing way, and we c capture down this story, and I will end up reading the story back to this person. Uh, and from there, they can learn a great deal about their life situation through a little myth, through mm -hmm. a little story. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Sure, and I, I know too that um, you don't always use... Um, traditional tarot cards. There are different oracle decks and things that you used, and I know I, I chose one one day that wasn't technically a tarot card, really, you know, a tarot deck anyway, and mm -hmm. and that really had, had a lot in it. So I think what you're doing is a really um, powerful process for people to to remember that they've got their own innate wisdom and that you, you know, and anybody who's really doing work out there, that we are facilitators and that to remember that we've, we've got that power and that wisdom within us. And yes. It's really, really cool. And so then that leads me kind of next to you have another practice. Your website is Tarot Dream Stone. So let's go with dream. You've, you've done some training and you have quite a bit of experience in, in dream work. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, yes. Um, I'm going to focus mostly on the tarot for the, this particular podcast. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take up too much time with the, these other ones, but I will mention one important idea that I work with with dreams, which is that I like to work with the living image of your dream. So what that means is that when you bring a dream into me to work with or to attend, as my president of 
Pacifica, Stephen Eisenstadt would call it dream tending, mm-hmm. um, is that I'm not giving you my interpretation of what this means for your life. We're not taking the dream image and just converting it into something else like your mother complex or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, it, we, we do, in the spirit of James Hillman, we are sticking to the image. Mm-hmm. And so we can invoke, we can awaken that dream image within person within the client and you can then participate enjoy witness kind of like a naturalist what what is this dream how does this dream image move what does it look like in detail and what is its rhythm and maybe the dreamer can enter into a dialogue with this dream image and that I find is a really powerful method of working with dreams it is, and it's a very powerful method, and I think a lot of people who have dreams, that they just feel like they slip away, but there is there is one held image that's really powerful that they want to work with again. Um, what you do in using active imagination as a process to help get back to that is um, is, is very powerful, and I think a, a great complement to to the whole sort of slew of different things that you do with, with people. So I wanted to make sure we did mention that. Oh, and, yeah, that's great. And And then let's get to what I think is just an incredibly powerful and unique process that you do with these stones. And I know that you've inherited these from, from your father. So tell us more about these, these stones and what you do with them. It's fascinating. So whereas I feel like I'm carrying on a tradition with the tarot and with, with dream work or dream tending, uh, the working with these stones, which are billion-year-old stones from Death Valley that have naturally occurring imagery in them, it's this is like my pioneering work. This mm-hmm. is the work where there's like there's there's not really very specific rules laid out about how to work with these, and so. But I'm finding similar to the tarot that they they trigger and spark the imagination in an amazing way. And yet, however, it moves beyond projection because here we're working with a natural entity from the environment. And I'm I'm so dedicated and, and interested and passionate about seeing if what we're doing when we interact creatively with images in stone is are we listening to or dialoguing with an actual voice of the earth? Um, And so this is what I've been doing. I've been developing workshops in the Bay Area to spend time with these stones, to cut out space and to just simply sit and observe the stone and to see what stories come out from this billion-year-old stone. And it's had amazing and fascinating results, both personal and, I mean, stories are coming that, like, have nothing to or that seem to do with personal material like they they're like new mythologies mm-hmm. which i feel help to build a connection with the larger natural world by telling stories we get into that primitive state of mind that allows us to feel connected once again to the world around us so i've once again had the pleasure of um working with you on a number of the stone uh, workshops. And so to give people a better idea of what it really looks like, I'm just, I'd like you to describe maybe a few of the stones because, you know, I, I wouldn't want anyone to think, what am I just sitting there staring at a rock? Well, yes, you are on a certain level, but at another level, these are, these are very special stones. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, the story behind them is, is really beautiful. Um, but what, what can happen in these workshops 
is we, we can connect with these stones. We get to look at them and pick them up. And they do look like incredible paintings. I mean, we're talking about maybe a little two-inch by one-inch stone that as you pick it up and you, you immediately start seeing image, images in them. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they do look like paintings, and you, you do have some of them mounted, and they look mounted on the walls in, in your home. They look like paintings. They're beautiful, and it's uncanny. That's something that this, how many billions of years old? 1.3 to 1.7 billion years old. That mm-hmm. these, I mean, they have blues and reds and greens. They're incredible stones that, that feel very powerful when you pick them up. And the process that, that I've worked with you and just finding the stone that sort of like calls to me, like, ooh, mm-hmm. there's an image. That's really interesting. And then you lead us through a process and um, brief meditations and we do some storytelling around sort of what we got with that, that meditation and how the, our blood and our bones and our skin and how everything is interconnected and what's in that stone is in us. Yes. That in and of itself is really, really powerful, but... As I recall, when I was, you know, I didn't even feel like I needed to use my imagination. I didn't feel like mm. I was making anything up. Mm. I, I, I kind of felt like it was there and it was it was for me to tell that story. Wow. And mm-hmm. that, to me, is a beautiful part of the process. And I want to make sure that people understand that that um, that's kind of the, the arc of the process is that we can connect with something that we go, oh, it's an animate object. Yes. But there is a real connectivity and there's a real sense of... Um, I don't know we call it transcendence or gestalt that happens mm-hmm. when you're interacting with it and you facilitate this. And, you know, I've been in workshops where people are not incredulous, but they're sort of like, oh, I'm not really sure why I'm here. But then they come up with and they tell a story based on what they kind of imagined was in that stone or the mm-hmm. image that was really powerful to them to the point mm-hmm. that people are like, you know, like, wow, I just had a revelation and I was just looking at a rock. I mean, yes. You know, those those things tend to happen. I think it's very, very special. Wow. Thank you so much for, for telling about your experience because what we're talking about here is, is a real connection mm-hmm. and relationship to the anima mundi mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. world soul. Mm-hmm. And that was what you experienced. And that's what I'm watching people experience every time they they make some space and make some time to sit down with one of these stones, Um, which is really an invitation for them. I mean, these stones are amazing and great and all of that, but it's really an invitation for us to be involved in this way with with the larger world around us. Can we have this sort of relationship Mm -hmm. with the world and, and hence feel a sense of more of a sense of stewardship for it and towards it? Absolutely, and I know that you've um, you've studied uh, the work of Maladoma Somme. Yes, and I've met with him about mm-hmm. the stones, and that was a, a tremendously moving. Uh, he was like my mentor. Mm-hmm. He was like we, we talked about the hierophant last time. It was like a meeting with a man of wisdom, of mentorship, and was saying this is a valid journey that you're undertaking and he laid out some ways for me to work with the stones and that led to the writing of my master's thesis which of course you can uh, find online at tarotdreamstone.com and where can people go to see images of these beautiful stones yes if you click on stone the stone page on tarot dreamstone there's a little slideshow set up with lots of different images from the collection Um, and these are the masterpieces the stones that my father selected as uh, stones that miraculously capture images of our world long before these things ever existed right it, uh, over a million years ago uh, over a billion years ago 
uh, the world just had primordial algae floating in the yeah. ocean. So this, it, it's really, truly incredible. And but, it's beautiful. Uh, yes, and thank you so much for, uh, for interviewing me uh, on this practice. Really, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to share. It is, and thank you for sharing it. And I think a lot of what we both do, you, you talk about being a facilitator, but also sort of evoking things from people. That's something, among many other things, I think we have in common is um, our practices tend to, um, we don't make stuff up for people. <laughs> We're there to hold that space and evoke it from them and encourage, encourage it from them. And you've got these wonderful practices that you've developed. And um, it makes me... It makes me think about, like, we're at the beginning of 2012, right? That, you know, whatever you make of it, it's being talked about a lot. People are talking about it's the end of the world. It's, I mean, it's the Mayan long calendar. It's the end of that. Um, and there are so many um, ideas and opinions of what people are talking about in the year 2012. And there is obviously a lot of change happening. And... Um, probably the biggest change in uh, that that we've seen in a couple of hundred years. I mean, I, I think anyway, bigger than the Industrial Revolution, mm -hmm. simply because mm -hmm. our level of communication and our ability through the the internet and all the technologies now to communicate with each other and get information. You know, when I was a kid, we had the encyclopedia at the library. Uh, you know, that's how old I am, but <laughs> encyclopedias. And, but, but now, I mean, there's just so much information. There's people like you and me who actually have businesses. This is what we do. We, we are helping people see things symbolically. We're helping them, um, encourage them, you know, to, to find their own changes and their own possibilities within them. So this is my very long winded way of asking you in terms of this apparent paradigm shift, you know, whether 2012 is something big and awful or big and wonderful, what what do you think your practice is and what you bring to the greater community? How, how do you think that um, intersects with this whole idea of changes in 2012? Well, I, as you say, the, these changes are apparent already, right? And I don't think there's any d deny that we can see that. And whether, you know, 2012 is some literal big boom thing or if it's 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 more this non-literal which i believe it is it's more of this just shifting over an, a, a, a change from the old ways hopefully dying out a lot of these old ways and the new ways being able to be embraced and come in and and yet it's kind of a return i think to reassessing how things have been done in the past and what have we lost and and what what is within us naturally that we can regain so being able to interact with our imaginations and to interact and connect with the world around us, I think is going to be essential, especially with the environmental situation, mm -hmm. right? Um, I've, I've been getting, you know, it's, it's really interesting, speaking of dreams and just intuitions, I've been getting a lot of uh, scavenger bird imagery hmm. in my stone stories and in um, just in, in dreams. I had a dream the other night about the end of the world and also about, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I've, and, um, of which again, we don't need to take literally, of course, but <laughs> I was going to say symbolically, <laughs> it's, it's always within the realm of possibility, but you know, um, uh, this vulture has been, you know, in a lot of my stone stories and dreams recently. And uh, in studying this, uh, 
bird who's kind of been misaligned by our perceptions, but was actually worshipped in, in many different ancient societies, including mm-hmm. the Greeks and Native Americans. This uh, bird, the vulture, was seen as an avenger of the nature spirits. Mm. And this imagery coming so strong through synchronicity and through the stone stories, um, I'm really seeing, you know, and we're seeing it with weather patterns that are changing. I mean, right now it's just incredibly warm, right, and sunny, Mm -hmm. and it just feels not quite right, right? And we're feeling this environmental shift and floods happening in places and droughts happening in other places. So being able to connect with the world around us and regain our sense of stewardship and to change the the patterns that have been there since the Industrial Revolution will be important. And so I guess I see that mostly applying to my work with the stones, mm-hmm. um, being able to connect with our environment. I think, too, as you uh, your practice has helped people um, kind of get out of one part of their brain, the the logic brain, which don't get me wrong, we need we need right, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it all be mm-hmm. like lollipops and sunshine and and people not getting anything done. But it gets as we talk about in the podcast this balance of the masculine and feminine, um, and a lot of I think what what you can bring to your clients, and certainly I've gotten out of um, working with you, is sort of a greater sense of of self in a in a good way, but at the same time a greater sense of connectivity to to yes. everyone else in, in in everything else around me. So I see that as a, being a part of this what we're calling a paradigm shift. Yes. And mm-hmm. and you might have mentioned it earlier that the, the um this paradigm shift the word paradigm itself is para basically means two things side by side. Interesting. Um, the, mm-hmm. the the roots of the word. I'm a little bit of a word nerd, but the, um, <laughs> to, to para, which means right next to each other, sort of those choice points, right? And when we have more information about who we are, who we really are, that paradigm shift of choosing from one to the other, um, I think is is a lot more empowering than people just kind of rushing around going it's this or it's that or it's this. It's the binary way that the logic mind gets. So getting people used to honoring the, the creative part of our minds and using that imagination and bringing them together in concert with the strategic mind, I think is really important. That is really helpful to hear that perspective of the work that I do, Julianne. Thank you so much for those insights. Sure. I, I totally think it's true. And, and I think too, it's, it's another way that, you know, we, you and I can work together really, really well. We have um, a lot of similarities and complementary practices. Um, so this is, this has been kind of fun today. Thank you for letting me interview you. Yeah, this was um, awesome. And I think what a great little break to have before we do the lovers and companion card, as we're such companions on this podcast journey. Yeah. And, um, and then coming up soon, an interview with you. Yeah. We'll be doing that, I think, between the lovers and the chariot. So maybe. We'll see. (laughs) While setting off on a new journey with the fool hero, we explore the foolish heroiness of our own pursuits. Absolutely. There you go. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this special edition of the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. If you have questions for either of us, as always, please contact us. Uh, You can email atpodcast at archetypist.com. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. For more information on Sundara's work, please visit her website, tarotdreamstone.com. 
For more information on Archetype Consulting, visit Archetypist.com. That's A-R-C-H-E-T-Y-P-I-S-T.com. Thanks for listening.